0: There's something of a revolution for women's rights happening in Iran, which hasn't really caught massive mainstream attention in the West. What started with the death of a young woman in police custody has students across the conservative country burning headscarves and chanting death to the dictator. Let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. Hello and good morning, good afternoon or good evening Depending on when you're listening Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share the podcast That does really help us get those numbers up The suggestion for this week's episode Comes from a listener, Philip Brennan Who's a student in UCC And I just wanted to say thanks to him And to other people who've sent me ideas over the past few weeks There's been some really good ones coming in That we're going to explore over the next while If you've got something you think we should cover on the podcast Drop me a message on Twitter at Sean Defoe Or Instagram at Sean Defoe News And the second Philip messaged me and said It to me, I thought, yes, that is a great idea for a podcast because it's one of those topics that I think a lot of people sort of loosely know is going on. There's something happening in Iran without fully understanding the detail or the importance of it and just how culturally significant what's going on there is at the moment.
1: The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die. And the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish.
0: Iran has had a long and controversial history with the hijab. In July 1980, it was legally mandated for women in government or public offices to wear the head covering. And in August 1983, the hijab became mandatory for all women, including non-citizens and non-Muslims. But there's been various degrees of enforcement sort of depending on who was in power. Under the relative moderate Hassan Rouhani between 2013 and last year the norms for dressing changed and loosened a bit and while it wasn't technically legal tight jeans and loose colourful headscarves were much more common. But that's
1: changed. Conservatives celebrating a major victory that could shape the political direction of this country for a long time. Ebrahim Raisi, a man very close to Iran's supreme leader, will soon take over as president.
0: Raisi is not the ultimate power, though. That would be Iran's spiritual leader, the Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, who has final say over all government matters. That said, the new ultra-conservative Ricey has called for all state institutions to enforce the headscarf law. The ones mainly charged with doing that? Iran's morality police. Set up by former President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad in the 2000s, the specialist police unit runs patrols enforcing the modest Islamic dress code of headscarves and loose-fitting garments, a pretty loose definition, which gives the force a lot of leeway to kind of do what they like. Dressed in green and black, the morality police presence has been greatly increased under the new administration. And to say it's not nice if you're brought in by them would be an understatement. They can take in men or women, but it is disproportionately targeted towards women. One activist told France 24 she was stopped by the morality police at the age of eight and warned she'd go to jail if she didn't wear a hijab. Other women have reported being sent to re-education centres and others again have been beaten, whipped, raped or even killed. Iranians have been using technology to try and get around the morality police for years. A new Android app called Nehoft allows them to encrypt messages to each other. And in 2016, a mobile phone app called Gershad was set up, allowing users to share the location of morality police patrols with each other.
1: Dealing with the morality police is still a very demeaning and unpleasant experience for anyone, especially for young women. who have to worry about how they dress when they uh, exit their homes, and have to constantly worry whether they're gonna be encountered by the morality police. Growing up in Iran, we've gone through this experience, and we have friends that go through this experience. We saw technology as a very good opportunity to build a mobile app that can actually bring the power back to the citizens so that they can report the locations of these morality police and help others around them. We want to prevent this from happening to our mothers, our sisters, our friends. Our optimistic hope is that one day our application will no longer be necessary. And maybe that day we can use Gershaw as a traffic recording app in Iran.
0: On the 13th of September, morality police in the capital of Tehran made an arrest. A 22-year-old woman called Masha Amini. Iranian security forces say she was taken to a detention centre for training on the hijab rules. Three days later, she died in hospital. The state line is she died of a heart attack in custody. They even released footage purporting to show her collapsing in a sort of waiting room. Masha Amini's family disputes that, including cousin Irfan Mortazai, who spoke to Sky News.
1: Witnesses who were in the police van with her told us and our family that during the journey to the police station she was tortured and insulted. Once they reached the holding room of the station,
0: Masha, because of the
1: torture, lost consciousness and collapsed.
0: The Associated Press has reported that doctors believe Masha Amini died from a skull fracture due to heavy blows to the head. The instant reaction from Iranian women, including journalist Masha Alinejad, was one of sadness and anger.
1: My heart is broken because Mahsa Amini was not even unveiled. A little bit of her hair was visible. Can you believe that? I repeat myself. A bit of her, actually is the result that Mahsa was murdered by morality police. Not only me, millions of Iranians are angry. I've been talking to uh, mothers, fathers. They relate to her story. They say that it could have happened to their daughters. And they are right.
0: Within 48 hours, protesters took to the streets. And as of recording, those protests are entering their fourth week and show no signs of letting up. Thousands of people have taken to the streets demanding change in Iran around the treatment of women, and they've been met with a violent crackdown from the government. The organisation Iran Human Rights claims 185 people have been killed to date, including 19 children, and many more have been arrested, including a number of Europeans. The government's also cracked down on the internet, causing large coverage, blackouts, and blocking social media apps like WhatsApp and Instagram. Gershat, the app that we mentioned before for identifying where the morality police is, says it's been the target of a number of cyber attacks looking to take it down. But that hasn't deterred the protesters. And one of the things I find fascinating is how Gen Z is driving this. Iranian schoolgirls pulling off their headscarves and shouting, Death to the dictator. Pictures of them giving a middle finger to images of the Ayatollah in their classrooms. Another video showing schoolgirls chasing an Iranian official away from their school, chanting shame on you and throwing water bottles at him. University students chanting get lost to President Raisi as he visits their campus. And the government isn't the only one playing at cyber warfare. Recently, Iranian state TV was hacked. This is what Iranian state TV meant to show. But in the most audacious protest yet, hackers broadcast an image of the Ayatollah with a target on his head and told viewers to rise up and join them. The wide-eyed disbelief as the presenter reappears speaks volumes. France 24's correspondent Reza Sayah in Tehran describes a lengthy interview the president gave about the situation. He also said that expressing opposing views and peaceful protests and even criticism is something that the government needs to tolerate. He says it's necessary for the government to hear those opposing views in order to improve their laws. However, he made clear that peaceful dissent and protests are different from anarchy and sowing chaos. And he explicitly said that uh, foreign enemies of Iran, including America, were part of these anti-government protests designed to sow chaos and anarchy. And he stressed that those anti-government protesters, uh, those people uh, that are sowing chaos should be prosecuted uh, by the fullest extents of the law. But the international community has questions about that and whether it really is non-peaceful people being arrested. Plenty of videos have emerged of people being roughly treated, beaten and even shot by government forces. It's something our Foreign Affairs Minister Simon Coveney says he's raised with his Iranian counterpart.
1: I also want to take this opportunity to commend the women and men of Iran who have exercised their fundamental right to assemble in protest and to offer my condolences to the families and loved ones of all who've lost their lives uh, in protests since Mashamini's death on the 16th of September. It's unacceptable uh, that Mashamini was arrested for alleged uh, dress code violations by the Iranian morality police, and that she was then subjected to such violence and detention to, uh, to the extent that she lost her life. Ireland does not believe Uh, that anything short of full equality for women should be uh, uh, the objective anywhere in the world. The circumstances of Masha's death have understandably led to protests across Iran, but beyond Iran too in other parts of the world. I'm deeply concerned about the unjustifiable and disproportionate response of the Iranian authorities to those Iranian citizens uh, who were peacefully protesting Uh, which uh, has resulted in uh, a further loss of life, as well as a large number of injuries.
0: As it stands, there's no clear path ahead for those protesting in Iran. It's been almost a month since Masha Amini was killed, almost a full month of protests, yet no sign of the government yielding or an end to the violence. What's happening, particularly in the schools, is a kickback against an ultra-conservative society, but also brings in other elements of unhappiness in Iran about how the economy is performing, the cost of living crisis, and how they've been governed in general. But only time will tell whether this is the start of real change coming, or if that change can last. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Let Me Explain. And again, thanks to Philip Brennan for the topic suggestion. If you have one yourself, don't hesitate to get in touch. Also, a bit of a note, some some silverware for Let Me Explain. It has to be said at the Emerald Radio Awards last week, uh, bronze in the podcast of the year category. So big thanks to John Kyo and Lachlan Hart for all the work that they've been doing on the podcast over the last few months to, to get us there. Big thanks to the judges as well, the third best podcast in the country. I will take that fairly happily and thanks to all of you of course uh, who have listened show was researched and presented by myself Sean Defoe edited as I said by John Keogh with Lachlan Hart on Sound and I will chat to you next week